Hi, everyone. Okay, so today, um, as uh, Bree and BJ mentioned, we're going to take a pause on um, our spiritual gifts teaching. So today is going to be the last day that we'll be um, speaking on that, and then we will come back to it um, not that far down the road, um, probably a couple months, but uh, we will come back to that again. So the last um, spiritual gifts that we're going to talk about today before we go into our um, Bible story teaching next week is encouragement and exhortation, which is sometimes used interchangeably um, in the the New Testament, but we'll get in and, and talk a little bit more about that and a little bit more of what exhortation is. So first we're going to start um, with Romans chapter 12, Verse 3 to 8, if I turn this on. One moment. There we go. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function... In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. Excuse me. So we are uh, the body of Christ. We've talked about that um, before, but just kind of, kind of run through it again, um, reminding ourselves that we are Christ's body. Christ is our head. Um, there's to be no division amongst us. One part of the body should not think that it's better or less than another part of the body. Um, the whole body uh, can't be an eye. You know, um, it's a, if you want to read more about the body in First Corinthians 12, you know, the whole body can't be an eye. The whole body can't be a foot. Um, you know, if we're all the same, where would the body be? And so just in that way, as we have different parts of the body, God has given us each a distinct expression of faith. We each have ways to contribute to the body. Um, we don't all have the same function, just like our physical bodies don't all have the same function. But we have the same honor, and there's no division amongst us. Sometimes we don't use or know how to use our giftings, or we may be using it and not even realize it ourselves. And maybe other parts of the body don't understand our purpose in the body, but God knows. And he'll show us if we ask him, because he's a good father. I like how John Whitaker uh, says it. He's a pastor I I listen to. Um, He says, the overall point is that we should all get on with doing what we have been enabled to do for the sake of the body of Christ. Each of us should think of ourselves in a sound, realistic sort of way in relation to the whole body of Christ. Don't get high and mighty because you think that you are fulfilling a more important role or need in the church. 
Don't get mopey and down because you don't think that what you are doing is as important as others. Instead, gladly and gratefully do whatever, your part, whatever part you can for the sake of the whole body and get on with playing that part. Sometimes we get so focused on what's my gift, what's that gift, that gift is better, this isn't as much, and um, we just need to not worry about that and get on with playing our part and building up the body of Christ. But today we're going to focus on encouragement and exhortation. In the verses we're going to be talking about, um, the Greek word... um, Sorry... I read that and didn't move on to the next. Sorry about that. Um, The Greek word is periklesi. Strong's Concordance um, defines it as uh, calling to one's aid, encouragement, or comfort. Um, It's shaped by the individual context of the verses, so it can refer to exhortation, warning, encouragement, to comfort, to implore, call for, or to urge. We're mostly going to focus on encouragement and exhortation, but an example of this um, this word periklesi, um, sorry, uh, can also mean an imploring or an urging. And so, in Matthew eight five, here's where it's kind of you get that feel for the urging. Um, when he Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him so that pleading that urging and mark 140 in the niv and csb says then a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees begged him if you are willing you can make me clean so that same feeling that urging imploring that has that feeling but encouragement and exhortation um Encouragement, the Oxford Dictionary calls it, uh, defines it as giving support, confidence, or hope to someone. To give support and advice to someone so that they will do or continue to do something. Building someone up. So I think of encouragement a little bit more as, you know, like, you can do it. I believe in you. Um, you know, just encouraging words, go. Go, you can do it. Um, Or if you're a little bit more of an introvert or you don't like to touch people or people touching you, I don't know if you can see it, you know, a little bit more like reaching out with a broom. There, there, you're you're okay, you can do it. And just uh, just encouraging. Exhortation is a little bit different than encouraging. It takes um, encouragement and uh, um, takes it to the next step. Exhortation isn't, um, encouragement isn't always exhortation, but, uh, sorry, I lost my place. (laughs) I got myself distracted. So exhortation is encouragement, but encouragement isn't always exhortation. So, um, exhortation takes it to the next step and incites a person to action. Merriam Webster defines exhortation as language intended to incite and encourage. No, I didn't have that there. Um, The Cambridge Dictionary calls it the act of strongly encouraging or trying to persuade someone to do something. And John Whitaker, Whitaker sums it up as to encourage or call people to action, 
to build them up in the faith. So exhortation is like a rally cry. So in history or in culture, um, you might think of uh, Winston Churchill. You know, he had a rally cry during the war um, to Parliament and the people. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. You know, that is an exhortation, is inciting people to do something, to rise up, in this case, to support the fight in the war. Dr. Martin Luther King had his I Have a Dream speech, which was an exhortation to the people, inciting them to do something, inciting them to move. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Exhortation is important. It's not just encouraging words, but words that challenge someone to do what's right or to remember who God is and who they are and then go forward. That's what exhortation means to us here amongst the body, to remember who God is and who they are and then go forward. We exhort to point people to Jesus, not just to tell people kind things or tell them what should be done, but to move them to put action to words. When we, the body, exhort one another, it is rooted in truth, not flattery or insincere praise, not a you-do-you cheerleader. It's not quiet or passive about sin. Exhortation proclaims God's ongoing work in one another and encourages with hope for the present and for things to come. Depending on the situation, exhortation can be an encouragement or a correction. Both are necessary to build up the church. So how do we exhort one another? Exhortation is a gift of the Holy Spirit. This is who he is. So if we want to know how to exhort, then we need to look to God first. Jesus said um, in John 14, verse 26, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Holy Spirit dwells in us and teaches us and reminds us, um, exhorts us um, who we are, points us. Acts 9.31 So the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. So encouraged is that same word, paraclesi, and um, King James Version and ESV uses comfort in place of encouraged there um, because um, paraclesi also means comfort. Second Corinthians 7, 6, But God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the arrival of Titus. So just this reminder that exhorting also means comfort. Um, 2 Corinthians 1.4, he comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves received from God. So how do we exhort one another? We encourage and we comfort. First, we must remember love when we're exhorting. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-7. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, 
I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. To all things must come from love. It doesn't matter what giftings we have. It doesn't, if it doesn't come from love, it means nothing. We exhort, encourage, comfort, correct, build one another up, and spur each other on with love. Even corrections should build up and not tear down. What are our motives for exhortation? First Thessalonians 2, 3 to 6. For our exhortation didn't come from error. This is, um, excuse me, this is Paul speaking to the church of Thessalonica. For our exhortation didn't come from error or impurity or an intent to deceive. Instead, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please people, but rather God, who examines our hearts. For we never used flattering speech, as you know, or had greedy motives. God is our witness, and we didn't seek glory from people, either from you or from others. Is our motive to build others up or to build ourselves up? Now, we can exhort ourselves, um, like here, Carl the cat. Carl, you're going to get out there and you're going to catch that red dot. Carl is exhorting himself. He's building himself up. And so like Carl, it's good to exhort ourselves, to build ourselves up in the Lord and remember who we are daily. Um, Each morning when I pray, and I've been, especially the last couple weeks, I've been trying to exhort and build myself up, reminding myself, Tabitha, you've been crucified with Christ. You've been buried and risen with him. You've ascended with him, and you live at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. You have the mind of Christ. Holy Spirit dwells in you. The very presence of God dwells in you. That's me exhorting myself, building myself up each day, renewing my mind and reminding myself who I am. So when I say is our motive to build others up um, or to build ourselves up, I mean to flatter or to gain favor uh, for selfish means or to make ourselves feel important or superior in some way. The same with correction. Remember, love is our motivator. Exhortation and hardships and suffering. One moment, I need a drink. We go through hard times. It may be sickness, it may be the whole gamut of anything that seems hard to you. So regarding Jesus, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, it says, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, so that you won't grow weary and give up. 
and struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, my son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord's disciplines, the ones, excuse me, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. Endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? For if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. That's a hard word, but that's encouraging. That's an exhortation. We are God's children legitimately. Um, We're all God's children. We are all God's sons because we're one with Jesus. Another way to exhort one another is by meeting together, getting to know one one another better. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And I've underlined where you see it underlined, if you can see it underlined, um, that's that same paraclesi word, encouraging. First Timothy 4.13, this is Paul saying, Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. The NIV translates um, this exhortation as preaching. So that's what I'm doing today. That's what I often do when I'm up here is exhorting you. First Corinth, or excuse me, First Thessalonians two eleven to twelve. As you know, like a father with his own children, we encouraged, comforted, and implored each one of you to walk worthy of God, who calls you into His own kingdom and glory. And this is what we do when we're together. First Thessalonians five eleven. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. We exhort one another to keep the faith, to grow together, to heal. Because if one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. We are all told to exhort one another. Um, Yeah, we all need to exhort one another. So how do you know if you have the gift of exhortation? Um, we're all called to exhort one another, but how do you know if you have the gift? Does it come naturally to you? So I may be exhorting you when I'm up here, but when I'm talking with somebody, I'm going to give you um, an example of Bree and I. Bree will probably not agree with this, but this is how I, this is from my point of view. So if I want to encourage Bree, I'm just like, you have all the strengths. You go. You can do it. And encouraging her. When Bree encourages me, she says, the Holy Spirit lives within you. He is not going to leave you. You've got this. The Lord is with you. And she encourages me in the Lord. See, there's a difference. They're both like encouraging. But she has this way, this natural way of just kind of calling that out of who I am and who the Lord is and reminding myself of who I of who I am, and I think that's a natural gift of exhortation. Do I do that sometimes? Yes, but sometimes I can be more of a cheerleader. Go, you can do it, and not as much of that calling out 
of who, of who you are. Now, when I'm up here, I might do that, but I have more time to think about it. So just naturally, what is coming out of you um, in that moment? Both is good, but exhortation is just that next thing. So when we're looking as far as that gift of exhortation. Um, I'm going to read this next part to you that I found on studytools.com, and I thought it was really good. And so instead of just trying to make any part of it my own, I'm just going to read that to you. Even if you don't consider yourself to be good with people, you're afraid that you'll say the wrong thing, or you're afraid um, of talking about difficult subjects honestly, that doesn't mean that God won't use you to give exhortation in others' lives. Now, all of us are naturally generous, but God calls all of us to give. Now, all of us have the gift for evangelizing, but God calls all of us to share our faith. All of us have a responsibility to encourage and inspire one another toward righteousness. Ephesians 4.15 But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. We are the body and Christ is our head. Ultimately, a spiritual gift comes from the Holy Spirit, and it should be rooted in dependence on him. Whether we are specifically blessed with the gift of exhortation or not, we can always turn to the Holy Spirit for guidance in helping us exhort one another. Those with the gift of exhortation will try to bring out the best in people to help them to help bring them to spiritual maturity. They may not even realize that they're doing it. While all Christians should be encouraging and exhorting one another, We need to be thankful for those that have this gift in the body. And don't rule yourself out on this gift or any gift. If you're willing, God will use you, even if you don't think that you're gifted in a certain area. Moses didn't see himself as a good speaker, but God used him to lead the Israelites, and he gave many big, great speeches. Gideon didn't see himself as a mighty warrior, But God led him on to win battles. We all get on now with the business of building up the body because we are Christ's body to the world, and we want to be a healthy body, a humble body, the light of Christ in a dark world. So let's build each other up and inspire one another. Di, would you mind going and getting BJ because he's going to lead the end song, which we'll do in a little bit. Thank you. So in wrapping up, Um, Well, BJ comes in. I want to end um, with an exhortation. Today, I was exhorting you to exhort, um, but I want to end with an exhortation from the Apostle Paul to the church in Thessalonica and to all the brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I'm going to read that to you. And hopefully it's comforting words to build you up and inspire you um, to fight the good fight while you're walking with the Lord and wait for his return. So 1 Thessalonians five fourteen to 28. And we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the spirit. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. 
Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us also. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this letter be read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So I'm going to pray. And after that, we're going to do one more song. Um, And if you need prayer or anything during that time, I'll be up here. Feel free to come up. I'd be happy to pray for you. Otherwise, when the song is done, um, you are dismissed uh, for today. Lord, we love you. You are good. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're within us. I thank you that you comfort us, that you exhort us, that you build us up in the faith, that you grow us, and that you mature us. And I just ask that you would help us and show us ways that we can encourage and exhort and comfort one another and spur each other on as we walk with you, and as we wait for you to return. Grow us up into a healthy body. Give us wisdom as we exhort. And that we would do all things in love. Lord, I thank you for the body here at Cold Springs. I thank you for each person here and each person listening to my voice. Bless them, Lord. Draw us together. Build us up. I thank you that you brought us into your family, Lord, and that we're a family here together. You are so good. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.